It's time to bring corporations into the 21st century. Hard work and grit just aren't cutting it anymore. It's time to rebuild corporate from the ground up so we can create a workplace that we can be proud to hand down to the next generation. Welcome to the Strategist Podcast, a parent's guide to navigate corporate. Hey everyone, welcome to the Strategist Podcast. I'm Fallon Fulce. For those of you who may not know me, I am first and foremost a mom and a wife to two beautiful little children and my husband. And then also I am a corporate manager. It wasn't always in that order though. There were times where I 100% put my career first over my family and I regret those days because I missed out on so much. But I also know that I am very driven and love my career and want to be my best and do my best. But it always seemed to come at a price where I either could only put my career first or I could only put my family first. And that just didn't sit right with me. Why can't I have my cake and eat it too is kind of the attitude I had um, and still do have because I do feel like there are times where I do struggle with managing to balance home life and work life in a way that feels good to me. But along the way in trying to manage that, I have figured out a couple of different techniques that I use um, that have kind of helped. And I love to share those with you. And those are the strategies. And that is the whole purpose of this podcast is to give you those strategies so that way you can feel like you can balance, feel like you can really embrace being in a career and excelling in it while also being a rock star parent. Because I feel like both are equally important because either we tend to, on one hand, we will focus solely on our family and we lose a sense of who we are. And by balancing it with our career, it kind of still gives us that sense of purpose as far as for giving you something that you do just for you. Now, that also comes with a double-edged sword because in our corporate careers or in our small business or you know business careers or whatever it is that your career is focused on, we can't allow that even to be our sole identity because then we lose ourselves to our job. So it's almost like you have to break it into three where you have your job, you have your home job, because let's face it, that is a second job. And then you have the things you do just for you. And a lot of times it may feel like there is no time for all three, but It's when we find that beautiful balance of the triangle that really is where we thrive. 
And I really do believe that. And there are things that we can do in each little sector that will help us with a strategy of managing our time in a more efficient way. So that way we do feel like we have time. Now, getting into the idea of, I don't have enough time. This in a way is saying that you are not making it a priority. And it may seem a little harsh when you first hear this. Um, I know whenever it was told to me, it felt Like, what do you mean I'm not making myself a priority? What do you mean I'm not making my family a priority or my job or whatever it is that I was trying to focus on? And, but it really is true because yes, we only have so many hours in a day, but what are you going to make a priority to make sure that you do? And that in itself is huge, right? So you really have to whenever you are faced with those moments where you feel like you don't have enough time, instead of saying, I don't have time to do this, whatever it is, you know, laundry, (laughs) I definitely don't have time for that. Or, um, writing out meeting notes, or maybe you are meditating, doing breath work, um, going for a run, exercising, you know, whatever it is that you feel, I don't have time. Instead of saying, I don't have time, you should stay, say instead, I am not making this a priority. I am not making exercise a priority. I am not making eating right to fuel my body in a good way a priority. I am not making my kids a priority. I'm not making this meeting a priority. And see how that feels. You know, when you say it in that way, see how that really feels to you. Does it feel like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm really not going to make this a priority and that's okay. And I'm going to give myself grace saying that it's okay that I'm not making this a priority. Or when you say it, does it feel like, oh, oh my goodness, like I cannot believe that I'm not actually making this a priority because it really is important to me. So it kind of shifts your perspective as far as for what you actually have time to do and what you don't. And to me, this is, it was such a game changer for me. It really made it to where I checked in with what I really felt in my heart about whatever it is that I was trying to do. Because we do only have so much time in our day. I think it was told to me actually today, earlier today, that you know you have 24 hours in your day. You spend roughly eight of it sleeping. The other eight of it you spend at work. What are you going to do with the other eight? And I think that that is so crucial to think about as far as for, okay, yeah, that is how this works. And what am I doing with the rest of my time? Because a lot of times we don't have control over what happens at work. We don't have control, you know, what happens when we're sleeping, you know, but we do have control of how many hours we do sleep, which I am totally guilty of not making that a priority. Um, Even though I know that I should, and I know I feel better when I do, I just tend to somehow function with less sleep. Um, But function is different than thriving. It's different than um, being on your 
at your best at all times. And I know that that is something that I am struggling with and that I really want to make a priority and make more time for. Um, so maybe that can be like part of something I do for this upcoming year, uh, during the spring and this whole energy of the spring moving forward and doing all the things, um, having that be part of my, I hate to say new year's resolution because it's not even close to new year's. We're in April right now, but it's to me in a way, it's just a, a promise to myself that I think I'm going to start making. So, um, I hope that that kind of helps as far as for how you can shift your perspective as far as for making things a priority versus saying, I don't have time. And one of the things that I actually really wanted to talk about today was the idea of spending time on yourself, making that a priority. And a lot of times because we are so focused on being in our job or we're being in our other job as a parent, um, a lot of times we forget that we exist, that we exist outside of those two entities and we are who we are, you know, and what is that? Because there's so often times where I feel like that part of me is lost um, and I feel like all I am is work and all I am is being a mom and I don't have time. I'm not making it a priority of me being that third leg of the stool. And without that, then it really does feel as if I'm off balance. And so it's key and integral to think of the three foundations as far as for work, parenting, and me as a stool. And if it's out of balance, then it's not going to stand up. So in order to truly thrive and stand in your power, then it really makes a big difference when you start focusing on yourself and you start saying that I'm making me a priority. And a lot of times people get stuck on this because it's, I don't know what to do to make myself a priority because I haven't done it in so long. I don't, I don't even know what that looks like. So one of the things that I, when I was first starting this whole self-discovery journey of, you know, coming back to who I am and making myself a priority so that way my stool could stand up. It was coming back to my breath. And I knew on an intuitive level that it helped and that it made me feel good when I would do breath work and focus on my breath and really be conscious of taking breaths And I know this sounds so simple, but it is so powerful. And the reason it's powerful is from a science perspective, it is fascinating because it is literally you taking your breath and telling your body to calm down and to get into a little bit of the science without going way total nerd on you guys, um, For those of you who don't know me, I um, am a chemical engineer and chemistry major, and 
have been focused mostly on chemical engineering for most of my career. And so the, the whole reason I went into chemical engineering to begin with was because I actually wanted to be a doctor. By the time I finished my degree, however, I was over school. So here I am, chemical engineer. <laughs> uh, so I am, I can totally get very, very nerdy. So let's just like try to keep that at a minimum for today. And so here's the deal. Whenever you are focusing on your breath and you are telling your body to calm down, what's happening is it's sending a signal to your amygdala, which is just a um, gland in your brain that actually releases hormones that tells your body different ways that you can feel. And it's really more about the fight or flight type of um of emotions. And it's really kind of more of this like emotional hub of where all your emotions originate from. And what's happening is it's releasing hormones that end up going into um, your adrenal glands. And the adrenal glands are where your body produces cortisol. Cortisol is the fight or flight hormone. It is the one that tells your body whether or not you are stressed or are you relaxed? If it releases cortisol, then the cortisol says, you know, the elevated level of cortisol is what is triggering to your body saying that I need to feel stressed. So when you do that, it actually, it releases the cortisol, raises those levels, and it sends a signal to your body to go into fight or flight mode, which, you know, this has become more of a buzzword lately, a fight or flight mode, but really what it's doing, it is telling your body that you are in survival mode. And when that happens, it is making it to where your blood goes from your extremities to your heart and it makes your heart beat faster because it's pumping a lot of extra blood because it's pulling it from your extremities down into your heart and chest area. Um, and so that's why when you feel really stressed, that is something that you can experience is your heart racing. Um, and then your pupils will dilate and you will get kind of clammy, sweaty. Um, and all of this is just a trigger from something that either you're perceiving or um, some signal that is telling your body that you're not safe. And this was a great mechanism when we were first evolving as humans to tell our body that we needed to run away from something that really was going to hurt us. Now, whenever we are now in 2023, it is definitely not typically, most people who are listening to this podcast typically are not in this state of fight or flight in the traditional sense where something is about to chase us and kill us, although sometimes it may feel like that. But in an office situation or in a corporate or a professional situation, it is 100% not very likely that you're going to have some kind of saber-toothed tiger come down the hall and come eat you. Um, not in literal sense. So it, it definitely has shifted to the way that we can feel 
the way we have from an evolution standpoint to make us stay alive um, when we perceive things that are stressful and it has this same response that we had eons ago and it makes us shift into this fight or flight mode and when that happens it raises our cortisol levels like I had mentioned and when that happens it actually puts you into panic mode where you start to have panic attacks you start to have all of these symptoms racing heart and you're literally sitting in a meeting and yeah I mean people probably are being crazy and saying stuff that's making you mad or saying stuff that you know is triggering to you and making you feel unsafe on some level. And one of the things that I have used as a strategy in my corporate life and even in my life as a parent is returning back to my breath because what is really cool is the breath is the only autonomic nervous system. So um, what that is, is an autonomic nervous system response is something that your body does automatically without you actively having to think about it. And what's really neat is the breath is the only one that is something that we can actually control and make that choice to choose to control it. All the other ones, you don't have a choice. They just happen. Like your heart beating, like your digestive system, things like that just happen. You don't have to say, hey, brain, can you please pump some blood? That'd be great. You know, like that doesn't, it doesn't ever cross your mind because it just happens. But with our breath, even though whenever we aren't actively thinking about it, it just happens. We're not constantly saying, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. Like that's not something that we think about on a all the time basis, but we can actually control our breath in a way that helps our nervous system because what's happening is when going back to our previous example, when something triggers you and you do have that stress response and your cortisol levels increase, another symptom of that is shortness of breath. So if you ever feel like you can't catch your breath in a meeting, it's likely that you are having a stress response to something that is happening or something you're thinking about. It doesn't even have to be in front of you. It can be something that is just triggering you from a mental state. And That's in a whole nother topic of where, you know, you don't have to actually have something be real and right in front of you and physically in front of you for it to have a stressful response, but we'll have a whole nother episode on that, I'm sure. So going back to the breath, what really happens with the breath is when you say that you are actively going to control your breath, if you think, okay, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in for X amount of counts, whatever it is. You are sending the signal to your amygdala, to your body, saying that I don't have to be stressed out right now. I can choose to be calm. I can choose 
to not feel stress. I can choose. And I think that's so powerful because ultimately stress in this day and age is more of a habit than it is something that we experience day in, day out. It's something that we store in our body and we store in our memory banks of, I don't feel safe because of things that have happened in my past, because of things that I've experienced, I am in a state of feeling unsafe. And so that puts us at a higher, I don't really want to say risk, but a higher risk of feeling stressed, of feeling overwhelmed, of feeling like you don't have control over your body that things don't feel safe for you. And while that may be true, and while you may have things in your past that have happened to you, especially in the workforce where things don't get really get talked about when, you know, at least in traditional corporate and traditional business, feelings weren't allowed to be talked about. That wasn't safe to actually talk about. It wasn't a topic that gets got discussed a whole lot. Now, I do see that things are shifting and that things have changed. And so I think that's amazing. I think that's great. But I think we do have a a fairly far away to go to get to the point where that's an open discussion. And I think we'll get there. I really do. I, I, I think that we're taking the steps of fixing who we are on the inside as leaders in corporate, as parents, to really take that next step of bringing us to that next level of mindfulness. And I think it's great. I I think it's fun to be on this side of things, of being on the forefront of that and seeing that change and that shift. I think that's amazing. So different topic. But going back to our breath, And this is something so simple that we can do that really, really makes a big difference as far as for telling our body to calm down. So when you are focusing on your breath, when you are telling your body that you don't have to be stressed, that you can release that and that you are safe, just something so simple as that in a meeting when you're dealing with your toddler having a tantrum or your teenager on social media, you know, the list goes on as far as for the things that could potentially cause stress in our lives. And I really do think that going back to your breath in those moments is what allows us to change our response and change how we feel about what's happening and create this sense of I am safe, I am me, I am whole. And it just really puts things in perspective. And, you know, there's a lot of times where we feel like the world around us is chaotic and that we cannot actually focus on us because and can't be aligned in who we are and feel safe and don't feel so stressed out because the whole world around us at work, at home, in the world world is just chaotic. 
And I think that's false. (laughs) I think that it really comes down to you create your sense of peace, your sense of safety, your sense of no stress anywhere you are. You can literally create that anywhere you are. And it's just something as simple as your breath. And it is one of the coolest things that I think I've ever discovered as far as for strategies to deal with what's going on because it really does bring it back home as far as for creating your little little pocket of peace. And it sounds crazy because it's one of those things where you're like, Fallon, there's no way that just by breathing, I can create this sense of peace, this sense of I am whole, I am safe, I am me. And just try it is all I can say because it doesn't cost you anything. It literally is something you have with you no matter where you are. And it's something you have control over. And I think those three things is what really brings it home for me as far as for why I use this and why it's such a big tool in my toolbox as far as for creating that sense of peace no matter where I am. And that is something that I strive for, that I really do try to create my own little sense of peace and my own little sense of no stress bubble um, anywhere I go. And I'm not perfect at it. I definitely still try uh, every day to do this. And, you know, for the most part, I'm fairly successful now with it because I've been doing it so much and it's become such a habit. But I still have days where it is definitely not easy. It It's a challenge every day. But the cool thing is, is that we get to try every day all over again. So if you are in a place where you can do some breath work, and to be honest, there is no place that you can't because you can do it while you're driving with your eyes open. You can do it in a meeting with your eyes open and no one even has to know you're doing it. You can do it while your kid has a temper tantrum. You can do it anywhere. So if you are open to trying this, I would love for you to join me in a breath work. It'll be really easy, quick. Um, it's actually something that is, uh, you're going to breathe in for a certain number of counts, hold for a certain number of counts, and then release your breath for a certain number of counts. And the number of counts that I do, that I love to do, because it is something that um, is called the Fibonacci sequence. And for those of you who are not familiar with that, it is a sequence in nature that is naturally occurring that actually occurs everywhere. So if you look at the number of flowers on a flower petal, um, on an actual flower, the number of petals on a flower, (laughs) um, it is one, three, five, eight, 13, and so on. So it's the number of petals that are like in each layer. Um, the other thing that it occurs on is shells. So if you look at a spiral shell and you actually would measure the width of the shell as it goes around and around, 
it actually has that same sequence. Um, pine cones have it as well. Everywhere in nature has this sequence, and it's something that is a natural phenomena. So I love to use this to go back to our breath, to go back to our natural state, go back to us. And it's super easy to remember, and it goes really, you know, really well with the breath work. So um, naturally, <laughs> I think that it works really well. So uh, wherever you are, if you would like to try this with me, you can definitely do that. Um, and the recording of just the breath work will actually be available on my website if that's something that you want to use to start to get into the habit of using that breath work. Uh, you don't always have to have somebody cue it for you. You can do this in your head, by yourself, anywhere you are. So the way that it works is you're going to breathe in for five counts, hold for three, and then release for eight. It's really important when you are doing breath work to actually have your out breath, your uh, exhale, be longer than your inhale. And that signals to your body to relax. So five counts in, three count hold, eight count release. And we will do that five times. So whenever you're ready, breathe in for five, four, three, two, one. Hold for three, two, one. Release for eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Breathe in for five, four, three, two, one. Hold for three, two, one. Breathe out for eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Breathe in five. Four, three, two, one. Hold for three, two, one. Breathe out. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Breathe in for five, four, three, two, one. Hold for three, two, one. Breathe out. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Last time, breathe in five, four, three, two, one. Hold for three, two, one. Breathe out eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Just go ahead and take one last big deep breath in and out. So I want you to take a minute and really focus inward after doing that. And I want you to compare how you feel now to how you did before you did the breath work. I can almost guarantee you probably feel a little bit less stressed and you feel a little bit more centered and aligned with who you are. It is this practice of breath work and this is just a very simple tip of the iceberg type of breath work 
that I just find is so simple and it just really, really works well. So the whole point of all of that is to come back to who you are. It's for you to build back up your foundation of you so that your stool can be balanced and that it can stand strong and tall and thrive. Because without that, without you, without focusing on yourself, giving yourself that gift of space, of that gift of that little pocket of peace, without that, your stool will fall. And it may not fall right away. It may be years down the road before you realize that maybe you should have focused more on you because at the end of the day, that's all you have. And I think a lot of us as parents, as, you know, corporate parents, people in business, we tend to forget about that piece. We tend to forget about us because it's just easier that way. It's easier to focus on what's happening at work. It's easier to focus on what the kids need, what your husband, what your wife needs. It's just easier because when we focus on them, we don't have to worry about what's happening internally with us because sometimes that's a scary thing. Sometimes it's a scary thing to focus on us because we don't know what's going to come up, what's going to surface, what are we going to have to deal with on top of everything else that's happening. But I really do believe that it is one of the most important gifts that you can give yourself is to focus on yourself because ultimately your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. And if we don't like your outer world, chances are you don't like your inner world either. So it's always important to focus on what's happening inside of you. So then that way your outer world is a reflection of something that you love because you come first, no matter you know how selfish that sounds. It's not selfish when, when you don't give yourself that gift of putting yourself first. You can't show up for your kids in the way that you want. You can't show up for the people at work in the way that you need to. And at the end of the day, that doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to not be able to show up for the people in your life that matter the most to you and that mean something. So ultimately, it's not selfish because you're giving yourself the gift of focusing on you, of building back up your foundation of who you are and becoming the person that you always wanted to be and that you already are on the inside so that whenever you are being asked to show up in a bigger way for the people in your life, you can do it because you have a cup that's overflowing. You don't have to give from an empty cup. So I hope that this has helped and I hope that the breath work is something that you can return to time and time again to really come back to who you are and start that journey of putting yourself first, of giving yourself that pocket of peace. So until next week. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. 
all the links mentioned in today's show are in the show notes below. And if you enjoyed listening, be sure to leave a five-star review. It really helps other people like you find this show so that we can truly create a better corporate to hand down to the next generation. Thank you.